Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Tom Brady's got a new clothing line that he's trying to get people to... uh, What's the word? Uh... There's a word. Buy. There's a better, there's a fancier word, Pete. I was Purchase. trying to think of the better word. No, patronize. Patronize. That's what I was thinking of. I knew there was a fancier word there. I've been influenced by Peter King to come up with fancier words, and I don't mean that as an insult. Peter's got all the best words. Uh, here's, here's some of the words that I have all the best words. Here are some of the words that Tom Brady uttered to ESPN about returning to the Buccaneers. At the end of the day, I just love the competition on the field, and last year was a very bitter ending to a season, and we've got to make a lot of corrections and try to improve, and yada, 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 freaking yada. Look, there's a lot of stuff there that doesn't get to the stuff we really want to know why'd you retire what were you thinking when you retired were you thinking about becoming a minority owner of the dolphins were you thinking about more why is bruce arians not the coach of the buccaneers this this is just this is meaningless to me and 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 folks look and i'm probably going to piss somebody off but i really don't care ESPN has a business relationship with Tom Brady now. Between the Man in the Arena documentary series on ESPN Plus that I have yet to hear from anyone who has watched that, frankly, to um, the, uh, the this this autograph company that he's got where they have the first ever ESPN non-fungible tokens through Brady's company. I mean, it's they're in bed together. Yeah, from a business standpoint. So, so. No, like I could, I could see there's probably negotiations. Hey, we'd love to have you for a sit down on Get Up or Sports Center or something like that. Nah, I don't want to do that. Uh, how about I just answer some questions by email? That's what this feels like. That's all it is. It's an article with quotes, and they're exactly what you would put in a press release. There's nothing meaningful here that gets to the bottom of the questions that have been raging regarding Tom Brady's retirement, his objectives his unretirement, and whether or not he wanted his coach to be gone. None of that's in here. Yeah. Not that I would expect it to be, but our role is to point out, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, uh, or do pay attention to the man behind the curtain, I guess is how I should put it. It's never going to happen. 
It's never. Tom Brady's gotten to the point now where he he dictates all interviews, and you'll never. We're never going to have to hear him answer any of these questions publicly, unless. Isn't it sad? Isn't yeah. it sad? It is. That that's where we are. But the fix is in. I mean, and that's the, just and the, the way media it is. companies will be complicit in that for their will. own financial no, purposes. N- no doubt They'll about it. They'll tear down any notion of integrity or any notion of being honest to the audience, and they will they will climb right into bed with him because they think they can make some money off of it instead of that. Why do you think ESPN has not said boo? about the Miami angle. They have not said boo about it. Now, they may say it week one of the regular season because, you know, we got a quota to fill of Sunday Splash reports, and they'll act like it's brand new then. They have not said anything about this Miami stuff that keeps growing legs by the day. They're ignoring it completely. Why? Because they don't want to piss off their business partner. Yeah, I, I, no question. That's just the way it is. It is. I mean, that's where Brady is as a sports figure, He's that powerful now that he's going to dictate who interviews him, what questions are going to be there to yeah. be had. And, you know, it was never one of my sad. favorite it's sad. qualities about Brady. He's, he's, you know, he's just not open that way and just not as, you know, forthright as far as that stuff goes. So, you know, you hear stuff and you just go, I don't know, is that the political answer? Is that a real answer? Wait, I know this guy that knows him. He's totally lying right now. Oh, this time he's telling the truth. That's where you just, you don't know with Brady. He's a little different that way. And, um, yeah, that's why he's not my favorite interview as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Um, as long as people understand what it is and what it isn't. And uh, I think we've said all we need to say. Let's say a few things about the NFC South. Draft needs. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have the 27th overall pick. They have six total selections tied for the fewest in the NFC. They can't leave the process without addressing what, Chris? Yeah, uh, they have a great team, as we know. I mean, you look at them again, and you just go, there's nothing, like, desperate here. There's nothing. Now, it's more almost like planning for the future to a degree. So I I look at it as, like, the interior parts of either line to be something they had to add to, Mike. We know they lost both their guards this year, right? I know they traded for Shaq Mason, certainly, yes, so they got him. But I, I would think that some sort of guard, uh, uh, offensive lineman that way is on the radar. The other one I look at is defensive tackle, Mike. Uh, you know, Sue, I don't know where that's going to be right now as far as that you know, is concerned. But they got you know, Shaq Barrett. Joseph Tryon, who they drafted in the first round last year. JPP's not there anymore. I, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches with them to where I go, yeah, they can kind of just go best player available. It's, we're not desperate anywhere. But I think D-tackle is probably the number one place I look at, Mike. Yeah, and Dominican Sue remains a free agent. And you're right, they have those weaknesses at the guard position. And, and what's the... What's the biggest potential vulnerability when it comes to Tom Brady? Pressure up the middle. We've seen that time and again. He can deal with around the edges. He can step up. He can step aside. But when it's right in his face, that's when he has to You want him to play one more year like you always talk about and keep filling the stadium. You know, you got to think protecting him and making sure he doesn't get hit has got to be one of those issues to make him feel good about if he wants to play one more year after this. We'll see how many more years he plays and if he plays any more years with the Buccaneers after this, but I'm not going to get into that because that's going to get the Buccaneers fans all pissy with me about the possibility of Tom Brady still heading south to Miami, and now the Dolphins fans are upset because they'd rather have Tua than Tom Brady. Fine. The Saints can't leave the 2022 draft without addressing what, Chris? I, I think the thing that I look at more than anything is I, I guess I look at wide receiver to be a spot where they, they got to do something there. You know, again, they got some good. I know that. There's some players that you respect. Marquez Callaway, 
Um, you know, Tyquan Smith, yes. But, I, I again, Traquan Smith, excuse me, not Tyquan. To me, it's, there's not enough there. You're not you're not even giving the quarterback enough of a chance to really be successful. And of course, you got Michael Thomas coming back from an injury and hasn't played in a year and a half. So that's the one that jumps out to me more than anything with that football team. I could also say maybe, hey, tight end. That could maybe be another conversation. But I certainly think wide receiver needs to be helped out at some point in the first few rounds of the draft for the Saints. Maybe with one of those two picks in the first round. Yeah, I think you're right. And the other side of it, too, and we don't bring this up enough, and we don't know where it stands, but remember, there was that incident at the Pro Bowl where Alvin Kamara was arrested at the game, and the allegations are troubling, and we don't know what's going to happen with it. But And this isn't a high-round priority, but they better be scouting running backs, and they may want to bring a younger guy in and just be developing someone in the pipeline because you never quite know what's going to happen with that. Quarterback buzz is out there. Jeff Duncan of the New Orleans Times, Picayune, recently said that Kenny Pickett could be their guy if they go quarterback at 16 or 19. I don't know. Is that is that even too early for Pickett? You, Pickett is, is dropping seems like, like a it, right? stone yeah. on the Chris Sims draft board. <laughs> it seems like it's dro- he's dropping on all boards. I mean, I think teams have finally came to wait – you know, yes, he's the most ready and he's good, but I mean, number, you know, Carolina number six. I, I, I gotta think they're like, well, it's not worthy of that. It's not that. So, yes, I, I would think that he, there is a possibility that he's there for the Saints. You know, at that time, and then that's what's going to be at you. The Saints have some holes to fill with their roster, as we know. We said wide receiver. We said tight end. You know. Safety, you could look at that maybe as being something. Tackle, they just lost, you know, Teron Armstead to the Dolphins. So they have some areas there where, you know, Cam Jordan is getting there towards the, the end of his career. You know, the, 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 the middle linebacker, same thing, getting up there in years too. So there's there's places they got to start thinking about the future. Quarterback is, is interesting to me. With that offense, Pickett, Smart, can run the offense, all of that. But, man, the, the guy I always look at again, and you know this is my favorite guy, is I just go, with Matt Corral. I mean, you, you want to talk about the guy that can be Drew Brees, quick as hell, quick release. I mean, incredibly accurate with quick and short throws. You know, to me, that's the kind of athlete that offense wants. And, I mean, if they're thinking quarterback, that's, again, I'll bang the table for Matt Corral over Kenny Pickett any day of the week. So, so you're saying that the New Orleans Saints should consider drafting a Mississippi quarterback in round one? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the only time, only time they've used a first-round pick in the regular draft. Funny. 1971. I didn't even think about Peyton that. Manning. Yeah, yeah. Archie, yes, yes. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's not quite that old. Archie, <laughs> Archie we Manning. We got you. Peyton Manning. Peyton, Peyton, what a career Peyton, he had. <laughs> Peyton was drafted uh, 28 years after that, or 27 years to be. Exactly. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll continue with the NFC South draft needs, the Panthers and the Falcons. More PFT Live right after this. Currently, Marcus Mariota is the number one quarterback on the Falcons depth chart. If the team drafts a quarterback, Mariota says, I'll give as much advice and knowledge as I can. Can snarky comment will be uh, suspended at least for now because we have work to do. Falcons draft needs. They have the eighth overall pick. They have nine total picks, two in rounds two, three, and six. 
They have drafted one quarterback since Matt Ryan was selected with the third overall pick in 2008. That was Sean Renfrey, round seven in 2013. Bet he never thought he'd be mentioned on today's program. The Falcons can't leave this year's draft without addressing what, Chris? Well, I think it's like wide receiver is pretty glaring for them, too. They're the team that you look at for a lot of the time that like a lot of people expect like the first maybe the first wide receiver goes off the board there. Uh, I don't know if I believe that. Again, I don't know. To me, there's only one receiver that's worth the number eight pick in the draft, and that's the kid from Alabama, Jamison Williams. And he has a torn ACL. Probably won't be a hundred percent for you, you know, until week four or five or something like that. But to, it's it's a pretty glaring need for their football thing team overall, I think. But this is a team that's got a lot of holes, Mike. I think another area you certainly could look at and to go is, you know, who who's who can rush the passer there in Atlanta. Who can do anything to get pressure on the quarterback in Atlanta? That's another thing you look at their team to go, man, that's a desperate need there as well. So I could see them going pass rusher there at eight. Either way, both are, I think, huge needs for their football team. And, you know, here's one of the realities where the the owner's influence could be a factor. Because in 2008, there's an urban legend that makes the rounds and it's mentioned in Playmakers, available wherever you buy your books, that that Arthur Blank wanted Matt Ryan and that the organization was maybe thinking about going another way, but the owner gets what the owner wants. or the owner wants what the owner gets one or the other. One well, of the two is accurate. He was right on that and, one. He, and, he well, right it worked decision. out. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he wants to roll the dice again. Maybe he's going to be pushing for somebody with the eighth overall pick. You look at their roster. You look at, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I don't know how it's amazing. I, I don't know how they're putting all their eggs in the Marcus Mariota basket. They surely are going to do something more between now and the start of the season. I, I I would think it's on their radar, yes. I don't know. Maybe this is a year they just look at it and go, there's nobody we love. Maybe they take somebody down the draft a little bit and then just try to plan for something next year. I I, I don't know. D- to me, again... Yeah, Sounds it, a lot like what we talked about earlier. I know. Exactly right. It It is. It's, it's, it's interesting, too, just where... You know, again, will any of these guys be available at the top of the second? Are they a team that, you know, maybe one of these quarterbacks is sitting there at 27 and they go, okay, time to get back in the action here. Uh, They're one of those teams that I look at, certainly. So, I mean, we know they need a quarterback at some point. 100%, I'm with you. I don't think Marcus Mariota is the future. But I do think he's a guy that they like and have a history with to go, we're okay with them this year as we rebuild. I don't think they'll overdraft for a quarterback. At least that's just my feel. I don't know. But, man, there's some holes on this roster when you look at it compared to the rest of the NFC South. Somebody pointed out yesterday, I don't know if it was Pete or somebody from PFT, Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, his career didn't take off until they benched Marcus Mariota in Tennessee when he was the offensive coordinator there. Isn't that, isn't that odd that he's now the guy? I say he's, there's no way he's going to be the starter for anything more than the first couple of games unless they are doing the full-season tank with, uh, with the tracks appropriately covered between whatever the plan is and how it comes to fruition. All right, the Panthers. They uh, have the sixth overall pick, but then they don't pick again until number 137. T- uh, six total selections. They haven't picked in the top six since 2011 when they took Cam Newton with the first overall selection. They can't leave the 2022 draft without addressing what, Chris? Uh, for me, this one is it, it's tackle. The tackle has to be addressed by the Carolina Panthers. You know, they got one good one in Taylor Moten. Uh, the other tackle, you know, Cam Irving, was one of the guys that started there for them this year. It, it was not good enough. 
Uh, they weren't capable of always running the football and, and being dominant that way. Panthers, again, I, anybody watching the show, or you go look at their roster. Uh, you know, Like we talked about last year, this is why I was one of those guys I thought the Panthers would jump on the scene last year and be a real player, and I was, I was wrong, obviously. But, man, I mean, it's, it's a lot of really high-end, talented guys across the board. You look at the secondary, it's pretty damn good. You know, linebacker position, very good. You know, defensive line, I mean, they, they got some ballers there. They got a pass rusher that's awesome. Derek Brown is one of the best D tackles in football. Yeter Grossmatos, who they drafted in the second round two years ago, is the other DN. You know, there's a lot to like, but I think the offensive line needs to be improved. Tackle especially, they got to get an upgrade there. And they've got to do something at the quarterback position because of they course, clearly yeah. aren't enamored with Sam yeah. Darnold. And if they get Baker Mayfield, it's a one-year fix. Maybe it becomes multi-year, but – I, I, it's just they just feel lost. The the position they are trying the most desperately to upgrade, they feel like they are just in the dark, searching for the the light switch, and they have they, they, there's no clue that they're even on the right wall where the light switch is. I know it, it does. It's 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 as it's as like devastating of a issue I've seen for a team in a while that they just don't have this one guy. The owner's so aggressive. And I just – I don't feel – I feel like we haven't seen a team this thirsty for a quarterback uh, in quite some time. I mean, they, they really have exhausted every angle over the last two years. Except the Colts a few weeks ago until Matt Ryan fell into their laps. That's, that's the – but even that, even that, it's – you know, the Colts have been in kind of a chronic – like, they're still getting decent quarterback play, though. Yeah. They're in a chronic search for a guy that's going to be there for more than a year or two. Right. The Panthers are just looking for anybody that can come in and play the position at a respectable level. They just can't find it. Let's go ahead and uh, take a break. Chris released his offensive line draft rankings yesterday. Is his top tackle worthy of being the top overall pick? We'll discuss that next on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every time we have an Alabama guy on the show, every time we ask about Nick Saban, we're always looking for good Saban stories. Give us your best one, Evan. Uh, well, Coach Saban's pretty much the same guy all the time. Um, oh, he's got a good one, but he's, he's scared to tell it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the look I just got, Mike. It's okay. Yeah, I got yeah, a you don't guy for anymore. Do I tell this? You don't work for him anymore. <laughs> but he's still going to see this, and I still got to go back for pro day. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that was such a great answer. That was a great moment. Yep, he's I still, still going to go see this. And he did. And Evan Neal is the number one ranked offensive lineman on Chris's offensive line rankings for the twenty. 22 draft. Why him instead of Iki Iquanu, Chris? It, they're both phenomenal. This would be one of those, Mike, where it's like 1A and 1B. I, I'll say this, and, and this might sound a little weird, but I, I think you'll be able to you know, comprehend here. Iki Iquanu's film and overall play is better than Evan Neal's. 
It's cleaner through and through. If you just had all the categories and checked it down, more categories are going to go to Iki Iquanu. But, but there is a big but here. Evan Neal's as good a pass protecting left tackle as I've seen ever since I've been on this side of the business. It's, it's impeccable, Mike. Nobody gets close to the quarterback. And he's great in every area in pass protecting. Of course, it's the SEC, and you get to see it against NFL defense end types week after week, let alone Georgia, who's got three guys that I think are top 10 worthy where he blocks again. So that's, to me, a little of the difference. Icky, a really awesome player. I think they're both very justifiable top five picks with their talent. If you're just going to make me err on one or the other, I'm going to go with the guy that I think is like truly, truly special pass protector. And to me, he's as good as I've ever seen coming out of college. Sounds like in your mind, though, you can't go wrong with either guy. No, you can't go wrong with either guy. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they fall. To me, the, the, that's where the Texans at three become an interesting thing, Mike. I mean, they have do they do they do one of these edge guys if they're there? Do they go to the tackle position? And, of course, what they do I think is going to affect what picks five and six with the Giants and Carolina do too. So that's where the top ten can be a little interesting. I do think these two are clearly – the best offensive lineman in the draft. So that's going to add to the importance of some of these guys. Like you kind of heard me say yesterday, at every position there's two or three guys to me that kind of stand alone from the rest of the group. And I think that's where there's going to be value maybe in that top half of the draft as teams trying to get those guys. And look, we all think the Jaguars are going pass rusher number one overall. There's been reporting that Doug Peterson, the new coach of the team, is pushing for help on the offensive side of the sure. ball just because they used the franchise tag on Cam Robinson again. Yeah. You're not going to use it a third time because then it becomes quarterback money. This is a cheaper way to address the issue, especially if you think that Evan Neal is a guy who can get it done for you and protect Uh Trevor Lawrence. You need somebody to protect Trevor Lawrence. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Jaguars do this. I'm with you, Mike. I don't think it's crazy either. When I first heard those rumors, I didn't go, oh, well, that's ridiculous. There's no way. I do think Aiden Hutchins is a phenomenal football player. Well, yeah, like we talked a little yesterday, they have drafted two edge guys in the top 20 of the draft, like, what, two of the last four years? So, you know, how many assets are you going to spend on that? So that's also come to my mind. And then you look at a guy like this where Evan Neal, I mean, to me, it, it, it's very Jason Peters-ish like. I mean, again, the guy's 350, Mike. You saw him there. It's the easiest 350 you'll ever see in your life. You know, let alone he's phenomenal. And, you know, to your point with Doug Peterson and the, you know, that whole thing, hey, how did the Eagles start their Super Bowl run? It was their offensive line. It was stacked. Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Brandon Brooks at right guard. I mean, damn, they had top two at every position in the offensive line almost, except for left guard. So he does believe in that, and that's where I still give it an outside chance that it could be maybe one of those offensive line, Mike, to, to your point. The, the guy you have at number three is fascinating to me, Tyler Linderbaum. Great player, but not big. No. Is it possible he's too small to thrive at this level? I, I kept waiting for evidence of that on film to go, well, he's going to get overpowered here. By one, Ohio State's going to have somebody that's going to overpower. Right, this team's going to have somebody that overpower him. I right, just you kept waiting for that. You know, Michigan, they'll have somebody. No, oh no, no. Every game, it's he wins the battle. 
He's extremely athletic, Mike. I mean, it's elite athleticism for a center or really any offensive line. It's Jason Kelsey-ish, really, in a lot of ways. That's the guy he reminds you of, you know. It's the guy he reminded me of. But uh, I would worry about the size if I had tangible evidence to go, you know, I've seen him get overpowered in college, and and it bothers me a little bit. But there's just none of that. And then let alone it's just every game he's a machine, doesn't miss a block. And Iowa does real NFL offensive line stuff too. So it makes you feel warm and cozy to go, wait, he's done all this. He knows how to do all this. I think he's a really good player. He goes somewhere, I would think, in the top 25 picks, Mike, I would think. Linderbaum put Tristan Wirth's shoulders on the mat in a wrestling match once upon a time. Yes, he did. Let's take a look at that. Do we have some video? I mean. All that video. There he is celebrating. Oh, there it is. Oh, he he is smaller. I know. And uh, doesn't matter. I think Tom Brady's going to take his phone number back. (laughs) I mean, seriously. I mean, Tristan Wirfs has let up like two sacks in two seasons in in the NFL and been dominant, as good as any right tackle in the game. So that just tells you about the power of the guy. It's real, Mike. It's impressive. You don't see guys that that athletic and that powerful in that type of a package uh, that often. Well, you know, he'll be a good guy to root for because you don't want to think that that there's any limitation on what a guy can be. Sure, and if he's sure. good enough, if he's strong enough, if he yeah. can get it done, if he can be one of those guys that just, you know, you're thinking, boy, this guy isn't very big, and the next thing you know he's putting you on your ass, that could be quite an asset. No if doubt. They just constantly, if they constantly underestimate him. That could be something that plays to his benefit. And what happens with guys like that too, Mike, even though, yes, he doesn't have like the power or like, you know, maybe just the true road grader, oh my gosh, like one of those big centers. But because he's so athletic and quick and sudden, he never, what he does to take away the power of some of these bigger guys, he gets on them so quick that they can't really get momentum or anything going to use their side advantage, size advantage on them. So he's phenomenal at snapping, snapping his hands up and getting on a defensive tackle before the defensive tackle really got to get full explosion out of his stands, and that's where he makes up for it. It was that, you know, that great suddenness he has in his body. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And again, Peter King suggests that this may be the first draft ever where De- there definitely. are no guys taken in the top ten that touch the ball. And I know that it's sexier that way, but the infrastructure of a team is the line. Offensive and defensive. Once you have the lines in place, that's when all the other guys can do the things or not do them if you have a great defensive that's right. line. That's right. But that's when the guys who touch the football can make things go. All right, let's take a break. Denzel Ward has that shiny new contract. We talked about it earlier. Where does he fall among the best Ohio State players currently in the draft? That's or currently in the NFL. Boy, it was great until the end. That's our draft for Tuesday. More PFT Live right after this.
That is awesome. Marshawn Lynch, one of the investors in the Seattle Kraken. Don't do that is a, is a phrase you don't want to hear someone say to a guy who's driving a Zamboni and spinning it around. It brought back memories of that game at Cal when they won in overtime, or some big win, and he gets the cart and he starts driving the cart. Uh, that, that was like the first time I even became aware of Marshawn Lynch. I, I, don't I, remember I, I probably that. knew who yeah. it was before then, but that, that's great. It was 2006-ish, the year before he was drafted. Awesome. Drives the cart through traffic. <laughs> on the field to celebrate the victory. So, uh, yeah, don't put Marshawn Lynch behind the wheel of anything. No. Uh, he, uh, uh, oh, there, there it is. is. There he is. Oh, my gosh. Look at him. Oh, man. I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't get in the car with him. I know that. Man, he was some player, though. Holy cow. He really was. It's amazing that it didn't quite work out in Buffalo. And it's just another in- instance that, you know, you talk about all the time. We both talk about. And he just supports real. Marshawn Lynch, nothing changed. It's just he got on a team that knew how to use him and had it all line. And oh, now we get to see, you know, what the talent is of the player. You just discussed it in the last part of the draft, or when we were talking about draft needs and things like that. The O line, the D line. That's that's what makes things go. It's what gives Marshawn uh, Lynch's of the world a chance. The uh, I was I lost. I just completely lost my. That's like thought. twice in the last of, week. You've I know, done this. this I know. Is, you, what I are know. you? Did you sneak and get my secret stash or what? I may. The have, hell you've been have. doing anyway, lately? <laughs> this segment now has nothing to do with Marshawn Lynch or Cal or the Seattle Kraken or a Zamboni. This is our draft of the best Ohio State players currently in the NFL. I had an idea to make a segue, and it just it just it was there, and now it's gone. All right, I got a trivia question for you. Okay. Because Pete didn't find one, I found one. Slacker. Which receiver from the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, in the 1990s left school as the leader in receiving yards with 2,855? Now, you can do it cold, or I can give you four options. It's Mm. up to you. Well, Do you want to try to do it cold? Well, all right. All right. So I'll go through the options. Can we go through the options together as a team here? I mean, a little bit. Like Terry Glenn, I would think, is one of those guys. Or, That's one of the four. Uh, That's one of the four. David Boston, maybe. That's one of the four. Joey Galloway. That's one of the four. And then the fourth one, I wouldn't know. Who else are you going to throw in that? You go ahead. Just give D me. D Miller is the fourth one. Okay, I'm going to go with Terry Glenn. I'm going to go with Terry Glenn. Womp womp womp. Is it Joey Galloway? Womp womp. womp. No, it's David Boston. Oh. <laughs> Damn. All right. No. Hey, there was my this teammate too, though. Boston Galloway, both my teammates. Freaky. David Boston. Uh, also, man. Boston was a former teammate, and you didn't know that. So I was going to give you the first pick anyway, but no, since you did, since you played with David Boston, I love David Boston. All of a sudden, Boston. he just showed up, and he was bigger than a defensive end. Uh, he, I don't he, think that helped his playing very much, though. He was too big. No, it was. You're right. You're right. He became obsessed. David Boston was like like obsessed with the body and did kind of treat it like a science experiment to a degree. There's no question. And, yeah, I think he would tell you that, too, that he got too big and too obsessed with that. Uh, man, but he was one of those, like, talents that I'll never forget, Mike. You know, he's, he's definitely one of those guys. All right, this is a tough one for me. This is a tough one for me. Mm, I'm going to go Nick Bosa by a hair over Chase Young. And they both have the torn ACLs, but at least Bosa came back from his last year, and yeah. we know he's fine. He was as good as he was last year as mm-hmm. he was as a rookie. Young's still rehabbing, so there's that that question mark. But that that question was answered by Bosa last year. Yeah, no, yeah, and Bosa's a better player. Period. From what I've seen, you know, we heard Ron Rivera, I think, make a comment right two, three weeks ago. Chase Young before he got hurt last year, it was not good. 
It was. He, I've heard him even make. You know, he's got to come back and be better this year. They they know it. You know how many to remember like early in the year too. We talked about a little like you know that D line isn't dominating like it did at the end of the 2020 season. That made them you know scary to the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I'm not going Chase Young here either. I'm going to go with the brother. I'm going with Joey Bosa. I am. I mean, to me, that's the next best one. I mean, it's pass rusher. We know that. And these are definitely two of the top pass rushers in football. Bosa's a, this Bosa is also a phenomenal player. Well, that makes it easy for me. I'm going to go with Chase Young. Then. Yeah. I mean, it is, I, maybe it was destined to be pass rush, pass rush, pass rush when you consider how great these guys are. Young was the defensive rookie of the year in 2020, and it wasn't great last year, but it wasn't great across the board. Yeah, you're and right. I don't know what was going on with that team. I, I just feel like they reached a critical mass of distractions. Remember how ex- exasperated Ron Rivera was with the fact that guys weren't vaccinated and he's the cancer survivor, and that, that, that seemed to hover over the team. Early in the year, it may have undermined things. But regardless, I'll go Chase Young, and I think he's going to come back in a big way this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I hear you there, definitely. I mean, he's, he's some phenomenal talent, there's no doubt, and it's untapped potential still. Man, there's a lot of good players here. Holy crap, I don't know what to do here. Um, all right. Well, I think I am going to go with Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's the guy I'm going to go with. I don't care that he hasn't played football in two years. I th- I'm still going to go. He's a force of nature at wide receiver. And, you know, big body, can run routes, tough as hell over the middle. We know he can be in the top wide receiver in football conversation. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Um, This is a projection, and I really don't know what the current Bears management plans to do with him, but i got to go Justin Fields. I've got to. I, I, I liked what I saw from him last year. We just didn't mm-hmm. see enough from him. He was better than we thought he was going to be. And I just don't know what they're doing there. And if they're going to tear it down around him, how is that going to allow him to grow and develop? I mean, we've seen the Daniel Jones example where it's constantly torn down around him. And how do you ever build up your quarterback? So I'm just going to – I'm concerned that it's it's going to take more time than he's going to have in Chicago. But I still think he's got the potential to be a great player, and hopefully the Bears have enough around him that he can show it this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know mad at you that pick, and he he did show it last year. He's definitely like the guy from my last year quarterback rankings that I'm the most nervous about that I was wrong. And, and again, I'm I'm rooting for him. Uh, but yes, I also question the same thing you're talking about too. Like, come on, let's get some help around the guy. What are we going to do here? Let's let's try to like give some insurance to that top fifteen pick. Um, all right, my last one here, man. Cam Hayward's on the board, Terry McLaurin, Marshawn Lattimore. Holy crap. All right. I'm going to give Lattimore some love. I love Terry McLaurin. I kind of want to pick him, but Lattimore is special, and he is one of the five best corners in the the league. He's one of those rare guys that you can go, hey, you cover Mike Evans, and we feel fine. Go do it. Do it. And that's rare talent to me. So I'll give Marshawn Lattimore my last pick. All right, that's all of them, and there are plenty of great Ohio State players in the NFL, and there will be more entering the NFL coming up in only nine days. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Ten years after Marshawn Lynch was driving around in a golf cart following a victory as a member of the team, he came back. You got some brave people with musical instruments standing there. Look at that. Here comes Mar- Whoa, he's getting pretty close. Man. Marshawn driving that cart. Didn't flinch Unbelievable. Much, though. I, what a character. No, that's 
What? 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 Yeah. Whoa, whoa! Well, that guy—he literally wow. almost ran him over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! What the I hell is he doing? What is one. this? This is just a game, and he came out to get some bringing cheers? him back. Yeah. Bring, bring back Marshawn Lynch. I mean, it, 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 it's Cal. I, you know, when was the last time Cal was any good at football? Oh, it's know. a kind When's of. A, I know. Good? Well, I mean, they had. Well, it's funny, and again, it speaks to the team thing we talk about so much. Again, I mean, that's what. Lynch, Deshaun Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers all on the same team, you know? I mean, My God. Right? I mean, am I wrong about that? I know they weren't exactly the same years, but I, I do think there was some crossover. Uh, Cal seems to be one of those schools, for whatever reason, Mike, that always, every now and then, just has like two or three wow players that come out of there. But it never quite works. It never falls together. Jeff Tedford was cranking him out, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Kyle Bowler didn't Kyle Bowler go to Cal? Yeah, of course. Kyle of Bowler course. drafted ahead of you back yeah, in 2003. He did. Screw you, because Florio. he could hit, he could yeah. hit the he could hit the goalpost from his knees. From yeah, he could yards. throw it over it. Yep, that's why you draft him. You do that. Yeah. Still pisses me off to this day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it really. Does. What pisses you off more, Major Applewhite or Kyle Bowler? Oh uh, well, Major just a jerk to me sometimes, especially when I was young. So I guess I wish we I had guess more he time. pisses me off more. He was actually mean. Kyle Bowler was fine. He was and nice. I'm upset that we're out of time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can take this up tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.